0: a weekly podcast where I chat with inspiring IT professionals, consultants and experts from around the world. To find out more about the podcast, visit itcareerenergizer.com. And remember to subscribe to get new episodes automatically downloaded to your device. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Jeff Patton. Jeff is an independent consultant providing training, coaching, and consulting services. He has designed and developed software for the past 20 years on a wide variety of projects from online aircraft parts ordering to electronic medical records. Jeff has also authored numerous articles, essays, and most recently a book, User Story Mapping. So Jeff, can I ask you to expand on that brief bio and tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Uh, uh, where do I start? Uh, first, uh, you said I was supposed to be inspiring. I'm not sure if I can live up to that, uh, <laughs> in your intro. Um also what else how can I expand on that? Um I've been in software development for a long time, probably more than 20 years. Uh now I lose track. Um what can I say? Uh, I started software development at a small product company with 30 or so people, and that company grew big. Uh, I've uh, worked at other software companies. I've worked at a large uh, consultancy called ThoughtWorks, and these days I work independently. What's What's interesting is the title of this podcast is about IT. And what's interesting is I, w- I might consider myself not an IT person. Uh, I'm a, a product person. Um, I work with companies that primarily companies that build, so, build and sell software products. Uh, and I work with companies that are large organizations, which are trying to work more like product companies and less like traditional IT. So that may be something for us to talk about. Uh, you know, what's the difference between traditional IT and what's the difference between product thinking? But that's, that's my focus these days is, is product thinking.
0: Do you think that's a shift of um, people's way of looking at IT solutions?
1: A, a huge shift, yeah. Yes, uh, I. Where traditionally, you know, I I, I worked for a company that uh, built software for brick and mortar retailers. They eventually got bought by Salesforce, and um, I, I work with other companies like uh, Atlassian, uh, who a lot of people who work in IT know because they use Atlassian tools. But if you work at Atlassian, you're building a piece of software that you sell, and the the way work there you know, the, the the way you work, the way you think about your work is very different there. But more and more, I get pulled into banks and insurance companies. And, you know, I just uh, came from breakfast this morning with my local university. And we, you know, they might think of themselves as traditional IT, but more and more, they're trying to unravel the processes they have and move to working a little bit more like, let's say, Atlassian does.
0: Yeah. So it's more about solutions than IT itself.
1: Well, it's more, one of the things I'll I'll talk an awful lot about is the difference between output and outcome. Uh, Output is what you build and outcome, uh, if you measure what you build in those traditional things like time, cost, and scope, uh, and maybe even quality, whether there's bugs and and things like that in it. Outcome, you measure different. You measure outcome based upon whether people actually try and use what you built. And it's the using what you built that actually gets the benefit. Return on investment comes from that if you're in the product world all that matters is that is that outcome stuff the the amount of uh you know how on time you were doesn't matter the the quality doesn't matter if people don't use what you build uh none of that matters
0: yeah i, I think I know what you you mean by that yes um can you share maybe a unique career tip that the i t career energizer audience need to know and probably don't
1: yeah um you know, if I, uh, I view everything through this lens of of product thinking a bit, um, it if I were to give people a tip, and um, I, I was Phil, I was looking through some of the the questions you normally talk to people about, and I'm gonna feel like a little bit of a broken record. A lot of my answers to the questions are all the same, but the the first tip I'd give is to start uh, is to make sure that you spend actual time talking to the people that that use your stuff uh talk to the people that will uh use that are using the software you build or will use the software you build observe them using that and i promise you it'll profoundly change the way you do things
0: can you tell us maybe about your worst it career moment and what you learned from that experience
1: yeah i saw that question and uh uh, I've got. Two, it's funny. I've got two worst moments. Uh, you know, uh, one one of my worst moments is also um, one of my best moments. Uh, the some of my worst. I just gave that advice to spend time with people building software, and uh, years ago. Um, Oh, I used to build software for large retailers, and as a as a policy, we would always be there when they turned on our system and went live with it. And it was both a best and worst moment uh, to be there when they turned it on and, and it went live. And you know, this wasn't awful. It wasn't that it didn't work. It's that it worked and it just sort of sucked. We felt horrible. We felt pretty proud of what we'd built, and until we, um, until we stood behind people using our product and saw how much they struggled with it uh and you know to a degree they were even apologist apologists for us they were uh telling us it's not so bad and uh look i can i can uh, do okay with it but for us it was just miserable uh it was just awful watching people use that stuff uh that turned into a, a, a best moment because it turned into a learning moment it turned into an energizing moment a moment that caused us to really care about what we were doing and kind of look at it and, uh in new light. But the, but that's, so that's not exactly the worst moment. Some of the worst times I've ever had, I can remember being on a project, uh, that was following more of a traditional process and being asked, uh, first off I was working mostly alone not with other people and we were following sort of a traditional process and I was told to okay the first thing we've got to do is write a a technical requirements document and I I, I can remember spending weeks going in every day trying to figure out how to write a technical requirements document and uh, what it was supposed to be like and uh, working alone not pairing or partnering with anybody and just having my job as when I was a developer, being more about writing a document and less about actually solving a problem. That was the most miserable time I've ever had on the job.
0: Yes, I think a lot of projects are very focused on the way the system works, as opposed to the, as you said earlier, the end benefits. So it's ease of use, it's fit for purpose, the ability for it to be intuitive for the end user. I think those are the key things these days that people, uh, there is definitely a shift towards that
1: yeah definitely I have a punchline to the story I was just telling I can remember having a a boss or a a, the the guy that was in charge of the project back then that had given me the task of writing these technical design documents and I met with him you know a little over a week after starting this uh, job and and uh, he said, how is this going with writing these documents? We reviewed a little bit what i would written so far. And then I confided with him that first off, that this was miserable. It was really hard to write these things uh, without writing the code. And he said, well, just go ahead and write the code then and then write the document based upon the code that you wrote. <laughs> uh, he said, it's, it's really hard to write. And he said, it's really hard to write a technical design document if, if, if you can't write any code. So go ahead and write the code first. Um that was the, the weirdest moment I'd had uh, was, you know, figure out the technical design by writing the code and uh, then write the document based upon the code you wrote. Yes,
0: yeah, so you end up documenting what the system does as opposed to what it should do. Yeah,
1: and it turned out that was a lot easier. And uh, uh, in writing the code, I learned an awful lot about the, the problem. And then ultimately what I documented, uh, uh, there was still more code to write to turn it to, to productionize it. it. It changed the way I saw things, actually.
0: Yep. So moving on from your worst IT career moment, can you possibly tell us about your career highlight or greatest success?
1: I don't know, I'm still waiting for that greatest success. <laughs> uh put it that way. Um I you know the, the for me the successes that I lean on are um having worked on pieces of software that I know people still use. Where I I for many years I did build software for for large retailers, and I still go into companies today and I can look over the counter and see what they're using, and I know that this is the stuff, uh, you know, the foundation of this stuff is the stuff that I built years ago. Um, Without naming company names, there are a lot of companies I can still go into and see my stuff in use. And for me, it's the satisfaction of knowing I built something that actually got used, that actually benefited.
0: Absolutely, yes. So what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT?
1: It's funny. I'm I'm old enough now that I've got kids, and I keep trying to encourage my kids to go into IT uh, because uh, it, it it pays more. Uh, first off, it pays. There's high demand, and it's a it's a thinking job. It's a job that's about problem solving. It's a it's a job that constantly changes and constantly evolves. You know what excites me about uh, careers in IT is it is becoming. Uh, I think we went through some bad days where we tried to make IT more like construction, uh, uh, where we tried to outsource more more of it, where we tried to throw more developers on problems. And I think what excites me is uh, we're starting to go back to understanding that this is a a technical job. This is a thinking job. This is a problem solving job, but the speed of writing software isn't a function of your typing speed Uh, that it's a, function of your thinking speed and your problem-solving speed. What excites me uh, about IT is it's more collaborative than it has been before. And, you know, what's challenging, that's also challenging. A lot of people, including me, went into IT because I wasn't necessarily very good with people. But now you just can't get software written without starting to collaborate and be good with people. Uh, What excites me about IT these days is it's more important to be Multidisciplinary. If you're a developer, to write in more languages, uh, to to learn more about uh, talking and working directly with customers. If you're uh, if you work on the product side of things, it's more important that you understand the technology, and the, there's more to learn there. We're, we're job roles are broadening uh, quite a bit now.
0: I think that's interesting. the The way the industry has changed really probably in the last, well, if you look back twenty plus years, and the way. Roles tend to be quite siloed and there was definitely, definitely handovers between roles as opposed to it being an integrated team effort.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now it's, you know, with the, the rise of uh, Phil, I'm not sure how many people you end up uh, talking to, but uh, I'm involved in this agile thing. I, it doesn't say that in my bio, but uh, I was involved in this agile stuff from early on and, uh, and, and, uh, Agile these days, you know, fifteen sixteen years after the the coining of that term Agile, that's kind of permeated everything, and it's it, everything takes a long time to move. But but at minimum now we start to expect people to work in in teams that have multiple disciplines in the in the same team. There's not a you know, I realize in some places there. I was gonna, I was about to say that there's not a testing group and a development group and a front end group and a back end group uh, and a group of business analysts and a a group of designers, more and more we push all those people into the same space to work together. I realize some people listening probably may may still be in companies that have all those people segregated, Um, but that segregation is becoming – we now more commonly understand that that's a dysfunction, not the way it should be.
0: We're going to go into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? (laughs) I don't know if I have anything to reveal. Yeah, yes, I'm ready for this. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Yeah, that's
1: funny. I just want to ask people this all the time. Uh, look, uh, like a lot of people, uh, when I was a kid, I dabbled with, with computers and wrote simple basic programs on uh, – I'm old, so on on Texas Instruments computers uh, uh, and, and things like that. I've always liked playing with code, and I guess what finally uh, drew me into IT is uh, having the opportunity when, when the web became a thing uh, to – uh, yeah, I have some a bit of graphic art skill to take uh, to take the graphic art skill and the development skill I had, and that's what kind of pushed me into the uh, UI design and uh, customer facing side of things. What drove me into IT is leveraging you know what I love about technology and what I love about well, about solving problems and about making visual things.
0: What is the best career advice you've ever received?
1: It wasn't necessarily direct advice, but I can remember years ago when I was involved with my job uh, and just focusing on doing a good job I first met someone years ago that was actually very reflective about the way they did their job uh, They uh, uh, I met someone who was a continuous learner who pushed me towards books I should read and uh, you know, back that then we were just talking about database design this was uh, you know during the 1990s uh, and he said, well if we're going to do this you really ought to know some common language here read this book uh, and uh, it, that opened me up to realizing hey i could learn more than i learned in university uh, i could uh, that this was a an evolving changing field and it, it's from his advice that turned me into more of a continuous learner
0: if you were to begin your it career again right now what would you do
1: i would start with learning in mind. If I riff on what I just said, start by understanding that we need to build a, a core set of skills. But, but if you're an IT, one of the core skills you need to build is a continuous learning skill. And uh, you know, what was it? Where? What would I do? I would strongly resist being given any particular job title. Um, uh, it's the, the, the minute you've got a job title and a specialty uh, is the minute you start to get pigeonholed. I, uh, for me personally, I like not being pigeonholed.
0: What career objectives are you currently focusing on?
1: For me, uh, I'm the wrong person to ask about this. I'm in my 50s and uh, yeah, what's interesting is uh, these days I do a lot of teaching and speaking and, and things like that. Uh, these days I'm uh, focusing on making a dent. Uh, it, uh, you know, I'm known for the, this book on story mapping, and I, I do a lot of teaching and focusing on product thinking. And b- before I exit my career, I want to make a dent on the way product thinking works in, in, in IT. So we start to ch- change the way a lot of traditional IT works. Uh, and then I'm hoping I can make that dent, and then I'm hoping I can go back and just write code again. <laughs> I sort of miss that. My my ideal retirement is to actually go back and be a developer like I was in my uh, late 20s.
0: What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far?
1: Listening. Um, it, it, it's funny. I took a lot of software development classes in university, and it, I had a career distraction in my early days where I – I took a job in a, in a store, a company that sold software and, uh, that sold software, software and computers. And I ended up managing that store and, and working with a lot of corporate accounts, but I ended up being a salesperson. The one thing I learned from being a salesperson is, uh, it's, it, is it's, it's a lot, a lot less about selling or convincing people to buy things and a lot more about listening and problem solving. I learned how to listen well, and that's the thing that's uh, that skill that I got from learning how to sell actually uh, turned out to be hugely valuable. It's what I end up spending a lot of time teaching people in in the in the software world.
0: Jeff, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience?
1: Find something to be passionate about. Find something that you care about, and and do that and keep trying things until you stumble across that one thing that's uh, that you're passionate about uh look if it's vr or ar or ai or uh something that your company isn't currently doing spend some side time digging into that
0: and finally what's the best way we can find out more about you and possibly connect with you
1: first uh my website is an extremely long url that's jpatentassociates.com. uh there yeah you know, i've uh, I, I still write infrequently um uh, you'll find writing there i teach public classes on on product ownership and product thinking um uh, these days uh well uh in the states and in europe i'll be teaching classes in in london and in uh, switzerland uh in you know just in the next coming month and uh and also later in the year next year find me there and also look uh to help support my uh, my daughter's college education uh, you should buy a copy of user story mapping
0: oh definitely yes <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great chatting with you.
1: Yeah, it's been good to talk to you too. Thank you.
0: My thanks to Jeff for being my guest on today's show. You can find four show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e52. In the next episode, I'll be talking with Gene Kim, a multi-award winning CTO and founder of Tripwire. You can get this and other future episodes automatically downloaded and available to play by simply subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, Stitcher or whichever streaming service you're using to listen. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, Visit ITCareerEnergizer.com